0: Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 224 of the Finger Guns Podcast. My name is Roscoe, and joining me this week, All is Lonesome, is Joshua Thompson. Hello. Hey man, welcome to your very own podcast. I know, I heard the echo as I said that. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, hello,
1: hello.
0: Yeah, um, it's a weird week at the moment. People are people are all off doing stuff, and uh it's left our little uh, left our little team a little bit.
1: Abandoned. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're all prepping, I guess, this week for EGX, um, me included. Um, Miles and Kat doing the big move. Kat's already up there being a doctor and whatnot. Um, yes. Yeah. And Miles has got EGX to kind of sort out and his own living situation. So God bless him. And he's been doing this, that and the other. For the site, so bless him, he's been a busy boy indeed. Indeed, I do not want to be miles right now,
0: but um, although saying that, um, we are pre EGX. How are you feeling? It's, it's only a couple of days away,
1: yeah. I'm, I'm excited, um, talking to a few people, getting the ball rolling on kind of seeing some of the games there and speaking to the people that are either publishing or developing them, so it'd be quite fun. Um, a lot of a lot of games from the res zone is uh, very appealing if people you can check out the list on the egx website on what games are going to be there and a lot of cool little indie games are are making an appearance and we're going to be going to play them i guess um we do want to make time for i think you said you wanted super mario wonder one of us to try and have a go on it um i'm very excited to see that um but yeah all hands on deck at the moment
0: yeah, it's wild. And um, uh, Sonic as well. Have you got time? to throw that in there. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Sonic
1: as well. Of course. Of course. Um, yeah, Sonic. we've kind of, um, it's, I mean, this might not be interesting to anyone but uh, ourselves. But yeah, I think Miles and I on Saturday are going to be kind of the busiest in terms of making plans. And then Friday and Sunday, it's going to be a bit of a free range of things.
0: Mm. Saturdays will be the craziest day because all the kids will be there. But yes. um,
1: yeah, it's
0: It's it's an absolute nightmare Friday, I in my In my recollection of like old ones Fridays, like a lot of cottage groups and media groups will come in Like 16, 17 yeah. year olds And um, will come with their colleges yeah. And then um, The weekends are just families Absolutely ram-packed full of children Alright, so, very interesting So be sure to nudge them out of the way to get to the red zone <laughs> and, get, and get those interviews
1: Yes Uh yeah, are, have you? Is there anything else that you kind of excited for at EGX in terms of like what is going to be there that you'd be like, ah, like, oh, would love to see uh, that?
0: Or... No, I don't think so. I'm surprised Rebirth isn't there because Rebirth is going to be at MCM, and I, I just find it odd to me that they haven't thrown it at uh, EGX as well this year.
1: Yeah, that is a strange omission. Because um, well, yeah, it's London, isn't it? Comic Con London, so yeah. Um, yeah, uh yeah, it's not really it's not really the big games that are the the pool this year, I don't think. Um I don't suppose they get loads of like triple A's at EGX, but um yeah, there's like three it's mainly Sega that are there that are yeah. showing off um the Yakuza series and their two games and uh Sonic and then Mario. Um I think but yeah uh, i I think
0: COVID hit these events pretty hard. Yeah. Um, um, back in, like, 2019 was the last one I went to. And, you know, Spidey was there and Zelda was there and um, Final Fantasy 7 Remake was there. uh, You know, Far Cry Ubisoft were there. So, you know, all the big guys were there. And then um, the same way it did to E3, it just kind of a lot of these events are like, the AAA space doesn't really, they don't really need them anymore, I think.
1: Yeah. I will say, though, EGX has got, like, a lot of, um, it looks like they've got a lot of, like, community things going on. Uh, mm. That have attendees, um, you know, busy basically. Either if it's talks or meeting people, or kind of like the LAN parties and sort of like live events that they're going to have. So, uh, yeah. Whilst there isn't like the brand new games, you, you've got like a good weekend of kind of like really fun gaming activities that you can do with loads of other people.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, the Eurogamer guys from from the channel are going to be uh, are going to be there. Um. It might be fun to throw things at them and say, "You didn't review Hogwarts Legacy, you cowards,"
1: and just see what happens. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to be a heckler. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's I did key. see, uh, I did see people like from Final Fantasy and Baldur's Gate and other people doing like a D and D session. Oh at, yeah, that looks cool. so that would be cool to check out. Sam Lake is there on Friday, apparently. Uh, Miles is very excited for that
0: oh man you need to get a picture with Sam Lake
1: uh, fingers crossed we do That that is uh, that is uh, on the list there
0: you're getting to do the face as well do that Max Payne face
1: I'll try I'm not very good it's like the people's eyebrow, isn't it I've never yeah. been able to do the people's <laughs> eyebrow.
0: I'm sure he's absolutely sick to death of it but just go come on man <laughs> I'm never going to see you again <laughs> <laughs> until I do until you do until we got him on the podcast next week yeah Absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, Simon, I'm really excited for you and, uh, and Mars, especially because I know you've never been before. So it's going to be—you're uh, yeah, you, sure. going to have a great time.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And if you see Mars um, and Josh around, do say hi. They're going to be the two excitable puppies running around like
1: absolute maniacs. Yeah, you can't miss Mars. He's like one of the tallest people that's ever lived. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wearing a press pass.
0: And if you go to him, say hello there, and he'll say it right back to you. He will.
1: He definitely <laughs> will. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's that's, yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Greg's gonna be there also, but you know, he's there every year, so it's like, whatever, you know, it's not that big deal. Yeah, he's like furniture at this point. Basically. Basically. Um, all right then, let's get to um game of the week.
1: Josh, first and last, what is your game of the week? Uh Joe, you know I started it today and I really want to talk about it because um God, I wish I played this sooner on on the Switch because I think it came out on the Switch and maybe PC last month. Um, but it is a game called The Little Gator Game.
0: Um, ah, yes, I've had about twenty emails about this game today. Have
1: you? Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, yeah. It, so it came out today as the as time of this recording. So yesterday, when this um, when this goes live, uh, it is essentially like an open world. Um, like a quest type game where you play as this little alligator who um, made a promise to his big sister to never do grow up things and to always play. Um, obviously people do grow up and the big sister is a bit busy so uh, the little gator that you can name whoever you want to. I named my gator Egg um, they're out for a quest to kind of entice their big sister back into playing by building a massive kingdom of cardboard along with a bunch of friends that you can meet on the Island. And um, yeah, it's just a bunch of mini quests and like kind of going around and exploring. It's got very like, and it, and they know this because they make reference to it very uh, partially um, breath of the wild mechanics in terms of uh, traversal. Um, and it's very fun. Um, I'm It's so irreverent and, the childlike wonderment is like all there um, and the dialogue is hilarious. Um, and it kind of, um, for like younger audience, it kind of instills like really good values. Like you get rewarded for telling the truth to NPCs and um, it's, you know, the your currency is uh, recycled um, paper and stuff like that from the cardboard that you smash up. Um, so, yeah, it's just got really good heart. It's really fun to play loads of accessibility options and the cool like low poly art style is so colourful and vibrant. Like it I couldn't it's like a an extension of what I've enjoyed about a short hike, but maybe with a bit more um like freedom and uh uh kind of childlike humor and yeah really cool presentation, really cool gameplay. Um and if you're not a child, you don't need to play this because I'm having fun as a as a full grown adult. Um, so yeah, really, really fun game. The little Gator game. Um, nice. But what about you? What's your game of the week, Ross?
0: I guess it's going to have to be Assassin's Creed Mirage. Um, mm. I was, I was hoping we'd have a big old chat about this on the pod, but we'll save that for another day. Um, yeah, I mean, this is exactly what we wanted it to be. It's modern Assassin's Creed, but classic Assassin's Creed, all merged into one, and creates a lovely fifteen-hour esque. Uh, Assassin's Creed story, which is perfectly enjoyable. Um, there's, oh, there's not a lot of huge, there's not huge else to go on really. I mean, that's exactly what you wanted. Um, for the months and months leading up to it, we're like, okay, great, this is a old school Assassin's Creed with kind of modern combat, modern, um, you know, searching and exploration, and you know, merging them two together. Great idea, and it turns out it was a great idea because I'm having a blast with this. This is exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, I, it doesn't feel overwhelming. It doesn't feel it's not linear, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like I'm doing a single path. I can explore, but there's there's just there's just just enough to keep me focused on the main campaign whilst enjoying the open world. If you know what I mean, um, there's there's just enough kind of out there, and it doesn't feel overwhelming like it did with, say, Valhalla or Odyssey, where there's so much else to see apart from the campaign that it became a bit like, this is too much, I can't do this. But Mirage really narrows it all down and gives a gives a great impression of what future Assassin's Creeds like this could be. Um, if we get time later, we'll try and get into it a bit more. But there was, there was just some nice moments, you know, just classic, you know, you're above the, uh, the area, you need to go in, there's loads of bad guys everywhere. You tag on the bad guys, you stealth take them down one by one, complete the mission. It's just great fun. And it's something that I feel that the series really has been missing. And assumedly Ubisoft knew that the series had been missing stuff like this because well why would why would this game be made otherwise? And that's what's so interesting about it is that it really does heart back to those classic AC games that we love, like the Ezio era and the r t e yeah, the very first game. Um it certainly has more in common, I think, with two and brotherhood than it does with the very first game or something like Black Flag, but Um, It really does hark back to those classic games, but it looks amazing. It plays really well. Um, I'm still not a huge fan of having combat on the shoulder buttons. It's something that Assassin's Creed just does now, and it kind of irritates me. (laughs) You know, I I like having combat on the the front buttons because it feels a a, a bit more fluid to me. But you know, that's just my one little gripe with it. But so far, I'm about eight nine hours in. I really don't have a lot a lot less left to do. On I think, and uh, yeah, I'm having a great time. So so far, it's. uh, it's really living up to those expectations, and I'm so glad of that, because I couldn't have done another Valhalla or Odyssey. You know, it was just, um, it's just 40 quid, 15 hour Assassin's Creed game, Followed by me. Absolutely perfect, especially at this time of year, where we're a little bit overwhelmed with stuff. This is just a really nice tonic, and if you have fallen off Assassin's Creed, uh, because of the breadth of things like Odyssey and Valhalla, then this is a, a great way to get back on, because it feels really traditional. And uh, so far, having a great time.
1: Yeah, uh, and there's like a massive focus on stealth and stuff like that, isn't there? Which, um, yes, I I definitely missed from the sort of I'll call them RPGs, like you know the Origin Valhalla Odyssey series. Mm. The RPG based Assassin's Creeds really lacked in stealth, and that's the kind of the whole point of Assassin. <laughs> um, so Still. yeah, it's cool to see that the sort of kind of more investigating, tracking and killing of targets is is the focus of this as well. Um is there anything that's confusing you with the story right now? Are you fully on board still?
0: Uh so far, yeah. Yeah, there's um there's a really nice uh the first couple of hours are really really easy into it. And um the story so far is quite mellow. I didn't get too much into origins. So there's a few things that I'm a little confused about. Um, I guess I can speak to Sean about that, but no, so far the story is pretty, um, pretty straightforward. Has there been people
1: saying they're getting confused with the story or? Um, I think mainly the ending is very ah. like, if you, if you hadn't played the Valhalla DLCs, which Basim's in, um, which isn't a spoiler because it's previous content, um, you might not understand what's kind of going on and it doesn't really end necessarily. Uh so, yeah, people are just saying that yes, this definitely felt like a DLC that's kind of been stretched out a bit more to be a, a full fledged title mm. in terms of like the narrative kind of not being important enough in the sort of Assassin's Creed story, um, but also kind of lifting up Valhalla's story a little bit more by the DLC. So, right, I've just seen people talking about that. Interesting. It certainly, um,
0: it certainly has a Mars Morales vibe. Mm. Um, that's that's for damn sure. It certainly has that. Yeah, we know this isn't a full, fully fledged, you know, thirty hour game. Um, but it's again, it's to its betterment because, you know, those games were so overwhelming. You know, things like Odyssey and Valhalla, particularly Valhalla. You know, I had no interest in seeing the ending at all. I was just so done with it by by the time the campaign finished. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm just gonna have to look that up. I suppose look up the Basim stuff from Valhalla and see if it all connects, but yeah, so, yeah. Far uh, so far it's not too bad, but yeah, it really is a kind of a Miles Morales
1: next to say, you know, Assassin's Creed 2 or Brotherhood. And that's a that's a comparison that kind of sells me a bit on it more because in a lot of ways I do kind of prefer Miles Morales as a game mm. just because of the streamlined nature of it, the time spent kind of doesn't overfill it with things that you don't need to do, but there's just enough to kind of like you know, wet the whistle, so to speak.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, it, you know, it, it ticks the boxes of of what you want from an Assassin's Creed game. And so it's not, I don't think anything's left out. You know, everything's on the table. It's just been fully condensed. And mm. that's exactly what I wanted. So happy days. Yeah, Assassin's Creed Mirage is a uh, is a good time if you're looking for something a little smaller just before, you know, your CODs and your Spider-Man 2s come out um, at the end of this month. Um, all right then. Well, uh, Miles is not here, so we have no quiz. So uh, Josh gets to keep his title for another week. Yes, <laughs> this Two time champ. <laughs> this time, this time. But uh, yeah. So what we'll do? We'll jump straight into the news. And first up, Last of Us Two has been remastered, kind of maybe. Uh, looking at uh, LinkedIn uh, Naughty Dog developers LinkedIn page has suggested that last of us two remastered is on the way this is of course vgc mr tom ivan saying last of us two remastered has been spotted on the linkedin profile of a naughty dog developer the developer in question is lead outsource artist mark apaggio i'm sorry if i've said that wrong i definitely have who has been at sony since 2021 quote responsible for overseeing the production of all outsourced environment art assets weapons and interactive props for two iconic titles, Last of Us Part 1, and the Last of Us 2 Remastered, Reese's LinkedIn profile. While Sony haven't officially announced The Last of Us Part 2 remaster, one is anticipated. Um, I mean, there's not much more than that. It's now been deleted. Obviously, I'm sure Druckmann has struck the hammer down fairly hard on this one. Uh, but um, there we go. It looks like it's, um, it's finally happening. Um, we talk a lot about The Last of Us on this podcast, I know, Josh, but um, let's go for it once again. Um, would you would you jump in again would you re- replay the whole story again? do you
1: think uh, I think I probably might um not straight away mind you mm. uh my um obviously I think my partner went on a journey this year, very early this year when the series came out. We watched that together for the first time when it as it was dropping, and she would never played the first one. Um, And then someone came along, that someone being you, gifted us a copy of The uh, Last of Us Part 1 for PS5, um, which I was very grateful for. And uh, so my partner Steph played through that um, whilst the series was going on. Um, And then uh, by the time she finished that, the series had finished and went straight back, straight into number two. Um, So she played a lot when I was at work. Uh, but there were some times where I would be on the sofa while she's playing it, and just watching it and thinking, and, and I'm being quite far removed from it at this point because uh, I hadn't played it since the first weekend it came out, because um, yeah. I like just blasted through it, um, and I was just like, damn, this is actually like a really good game, <laughs> and it's a really cool story. Um, now that I had time to to sit to have apart from it and kind of uh, grieve. The sort of stuff that it goes that goes through, um, I was just like, wow, yeah, this is a like as a part one and a part two, they're phenomenal. So to experience it again uh, for the PS5, uh, I don't think I'd miss it at, at a point where I feel comfortable playing it again. Um, but yeah, what about you? you? Do you think um do you think it's something you jump into? Is is it enough for you to jump into? Because um, I had this discussion with a friend, like. Part one looked amazing, and then because I because Steph played part two almost straight away, I was like, they they're near identical in terms of quality and fidelity. Mm. Um, is there much more that a remaster needs?
0: Um, I mean, visually, probably not. Uh, I think it is interesting that part one does look better visually than part two. Um, I think that's something that this obviously this remaster is going to address. And um that will be that probably i think it's probably the only reason to do it to keep them both on a similar level of fidelity um I think that's probably the only reason why this is happening uh except for the money of course that they're gonna make from it, but I don't know i mean i've I played the last of us two again um during the last of us during watching the t v show and mm. You know, I feel like it's such a bloody emotional. You know, it's like it's it's like putting yourself through the Phantom of the Opera like twenty times. Um, not Phantom, Lame <laughs> is that's the one, the more depressing one. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> the game doesn't the game doesn't make you feel happy. It's not no, a nice. Not so. it's, it's not a nice feeling. <laughs> you
1: know? um, yeah.
0: in, in any way, shape, or form, um, it's just overwhelming, and it's just it leaves you in such a state of shock and. I don't know if it's something that you actually want to put yourself through, like repeatedly. Um, I know that the game is extraordinary. I think it's incredible. Um, you know, we have this constant back and forth with Miles and Cat about this, and it was like, I think it's truly a generational experience. And they're like, "Yeah, it's alright." And it's just like, I don't know how you can look at this game and go, "Yeah, it's alright." You know, <laughs> it's just <laughs> like it's just something completely unlike anything else, and it just it just goes to prove just what. Is capable in video games if you really have a, you know amazing people creating it, and it's it is it is something really really special. But I don't think I'm going to play through it again, purely because yeah. I I just can't put myself through it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, I've had such a weird year, you know, um, and I think I don't, I'm not I'm not blaming the you know the loss of my dad on me not playing The Last of Us, but there are there are correlations in that story um, in a weird way in a roundabout kind of way. Um, And, you know, playing for it, or whilst watching the TV show, um, it was kind of interesting because I was, I I kind of made it fun for myself in a sense that I put Pedro Pascal in all of these situations rather than Troy Baker. You know what I mean? Like mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I won't go into spoilers if you are following our podcast and haven't played The Last of Us Part Two. but, you know, in that scene, you know, it was terribly upsetting watching Pedro Pascal go through that. And <laughs> to me, I, don't, yeah. I don't, you know, I know someday I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it on screen, and it's going to be horrific. But you know, I think that was the only way that I could really lighten the mood. And so I don't know. I really, I'm I'm going to have to be in the right frame of mind and the right mood to go. Yes, I want to play through the Last of Us Part Two again because it does require so much from you. Um, you know, mentally and emotionally, that it's like it's not something you can just throw on, like Spider Man, for example. You know. They're they're two very different experiences. Um. So I don't know. But I, I I kind of yeah. enjoy playing The Last of Us Part One. Um. I really, I I can finish that and know it's not as absolutely distressing as The Last of Us Part Two was. Um. And kind of enjoy it and be like that was a fun experience. It's not the happiest ending, of course, but it's like it's just a, it's just a nice rounded experience. And you know Last of Us Part Two just isn't that. Um. So part two I think will would again require much more from me. Um this time this time around. But also I'd love to see how the game looks running on a PS five
1: for sure. Um Yeah. I mean it would definitely be sixty frames. Um it wasn't on PlayStation even for the pro version. So yeah. I feel like sixty frames is a given and the updated facial animations and stuff like that. Um but... Uh, it just doesn't come across as a very consumer-friendly opportunity to rel- for Naughty Dog to release another game. Um, it, and it, I mean, I know it's not uh, intended. It's the the intention isn't to have this news out around the same time. But with the layoffs from the contractors at Naughty Dog and the potential kind of hot water that is The Last of Us Factions, um, the knowing that this is a a, a relative thing, um yeah, it just makes it feel like um like naughty's old group is maybe trying to just get a bit more of a an influx in cash because maybe they burnt a lot through factions, and they're kind of a bit like, Oh, we almost promised a new i p as well, and yeah. things <laughs> you know we've just spent all this time on a multiplayer that's not going to come out. How can we quickly? turn around make a, turn around, and make a profit as a company um, Yeah, I should um,
0: bit... I should stress if you haven't heard um, uh, there were some major layoffs in Naughty Dog this week and it seems to have affected the factions team the most which was this great big multiplayer game which Naughty Dog have been teasing for a few years, you haven't seen barely anything from it and now it looks like I don't know if this has been 100% confirmed but it looks like it's been shelved for the time being um that seems to be the what's going around. Um I don't know if it's been officially cancelled. I haven't seen anything yet. But no. um it would appear that the majority of the layoffs were from the factions team, um which is hugely unfortunate, considering again, like Josh said, how long they've been working on this thing. Um it was so yeah, it would appear Bungie really stuck the nose in <laughs> um and really kind of threw the hammer down on this one. And um I guess they had nowhere else to go from there, really. But it's, uh, yeah, again, not confirmed, but so far there's been some some heavy layoffs at Naughty Dog, and it looks like this factions thing, which we we have been looking forward to, because there was a massive audience for The Last of Us' original multiplayer. Um, obviously, The Last of Us Part 2 didn't come with it, but the Naughty Dog said, don't worry, we're working on factions, it's going to be epic. Um, last we've heard, it's not happening anymore, but we don't know that for sure.
1: But we shall see. Yeah. In my head, I had it as, like, The Division, but The Last of Us. And I was just like, that sounds like one of the perfect games. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, but that would have been awesome. That's that's me putting too much hope out in the ether and getting it crushed, potentially. <laughs> There's
0: Hawkeye in kind of Endgame, is it? Don't give me hope. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we'll see. Naughty Dog are very quiet at the moment. Um, obviously they don't want news of The Last of Us to be remastered out either because that's not been officially confirmed as you can probably tell Uh, so yeah someone needs to plug the leaks out of Naughty Dog right now because a lot of stuff is coming out
1: Last of Us Day was last month as well wasn't it?
0: It was yeah, September 22nd
1: Yeah and it was it was very quiet on their front They've normally got something up their sleeves to announce. You know, it's not not massive things, but things that can get Naughty Dog fans excited for more last of this stuff. And we really didn't get anything. Hey, we got a new jumper in the merchandise store. I don't know what, what, what more <laughs> you want. Uh, oh, true, true. And I bet the writer's strike didn't help any of that either. And the SAG strike. Well, no. I
0: mean, that means the Last of Us TV show is going to be what, 2025 at least? We'll see
1: it again. Yeah, I think so. Um, Yeah, I mean, this, I guess it's news because it's Last of Us, but I think their HBO said that their first priorities are The Last of Us season two and Euphoria and The White Lotus. So Mm. to be in the top three of like main priorities to be put on next, whilst after things get resolved is. I mean, it's it's going to be sooner rather than later Into uh, uh, instead of other things that are probably going to be a long wait.
0: Yeah. Yeah, again, um, The Last of Us Part 2 will be put into two seasons. That has been confirmed. Because, um, again, Last of Us Part 2 is a slog. It's a bloody long game. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, they haven't worked out a way to, to fit it all into one season, so it's going to be spread across two. Um, if you know anything about The Last of Us Part 2, that's a very good idea, I think, in my opinion. Um, how do you feel about the two season thing, Josh?
1: Yeah, I mean, more TV can't can't go wrong with it. Oh yeah, you know, we already know kind of the the outline. So to have it spread out when this, I mean, the first season could have been two seasons. Um, yeah, because I think they did. I didn't gloss over things, but it was very quick paced compared to the sort of road trip style that the game is. Um, which I think was some people's complaints. Um, uh, so, yeah, to have it longer, to to make the characters sit with it longer and to make, potentially make some of the twists that come in to play drawn out a bit more. Like, I'll take that. I'll take a bit more time with some people um, <laughs> if it means splitting the seasons up. For sure, for sure.
0: And also if they film it all at the same time, which hopefully they will, then season three might come a little quicker than uh, season two.
1: Yeah, it'll be like a year apart. Well, less than a year. Say January twenty-five, mm-hmm. like December twenty-five or December, uh, January twenty-six or something.
0: We shall see. It looks like uh, the writer's strike is now uh, done and dusted. So just waiting on the actors' strike now, and uh, everyone can get back to work.
1: And we won't spend. Yeah, I, like, I think is this think that's time including that... this week. So.
0: Yeah. This time next year, going, well, there's no TV or movies to watch. What the hell happened? Um, it's because nobody was making any this year, unfortunately. Um, but we got nothing to watch next year. But hey, we got DVDs, that's the important thing. Um, right then, let's talk about Redfall. Should we Josh? Why not? Um,
1: I mean we can do. I you played it? I did play it, yeah, I did. For a whole hour. You did play it. A whole hour. Yeah. Uh Why don't you tell us what the updates are and I'll ask you a big old question. Well, Bethesda have updated Redfall with a
0: 60fps mode, gameplay changes and more. This is from Andy Robinson, the big boss over at VGC. Bethesda have released a promised 60fps update for Arkane's Redfall and made changes to the game's combat and gameplay. Quote, this patch brings a performance mode to Xbox Series, X NES, stealth takedowns, new controller settings, accessibility improvements and much more. Explore an even more dangerous Redfall with an increased open world, enemy population, and new encounters. Read on for the full list of fixes and additions included in the update. This is a long list. I'm not going to go through it all. Uh, but we've got an improved performance mode, PC performance improved. Address several edge case memory crashes. That's that's a very important thing. I, I have no idea. Address graphical corruption issue with charging resolution with AMD GPUs. Fix an issue with resetting game settings to the default values while in window display mode. The anti-aliasing, ali, I I could never say this word, anti-aliasing, aliasing. anti-aliasing, on, that's the fucking word, yes, aliasing, I'm going to say it wrong this, this entire time, setting is now hitting video settings, uh, very performance issues, fixes, bugs, Um, the mission briefing table now has better differentiate, differentiations, differentiations, that's not a word, between main missions and optimal missions. Etc. Etc. it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on um gameplay basically more zombies and more vampires um there's now a there's now a uh a takedown mode there's now stuff I mean it's just oh, fuck it dosh it just goes on and on this <laughs> is very strange.
1: what was the question you were gonna have um is it enough to bring you back no no I mean.
0: They have folks. I I played it for I say an hour. It was it was longer than that. I kind of, you know, just being hyperbole, but yeah. The 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 biggest issue I had with it was that it was completely empty. And Mm. you'd be walking in this vast open world, and there'd just be like one or two vampires that you gotta take down on, on your way to your next objective. And then one or two on the way back. And it was just It was just a bit dull, and there was very little there that got you excited or scared or even kind of motivated to be in a world surrounded by vampires that want to rip off your flesh. And that was my biggest issue with it. Now, it would appear that that has been fixed with this new update on a game that had during this week, and I'm not making this up, had less concurrent players than you can have in your team playing on Steam. And you can have a maximum of four players. So what does that tell you about this game?
1: <laughs> yeah. I think I saw a VGC article just basically saying it was in the single uh, figures for like two weeks straight, which yeah, for, for, for an Arcane game that came out this year that is an online co-op, like people could like hustle their friends into having a game pass and playing it with them, and they're still not there. <laughs> they're somewhere else um, yeah it's it's a sorry state um I do think that this update has given it a boost a little bit for the co-current players, but <laughs> yeah, um the problems aren't the ones that you listed that were fixed. the problems are. I think the general philosophy of the game and how it was designed and executed that just didn't gel with anyone. That then the problems that we did have were just on top extra stuff that we really didn't want in the first place. Um, so, yeah, it's a massive miss, which is unfortunate for Arcane. And. Um, it just sounds like it's like it's good to play on PC, which good for the PC folks. There's a lot of options there where you're gonna get it nice and shiny. But yeah. It's not it's not something that I think is gonna excite everyone. It might be as dead as the vampires. Yeah,
0: I think it might be worth I think if you have a curiosity about the game, I think now would be the time to go in and check it out. Yeah. Um uh, because obviously they've put some they put some insane work into it. And I really hope it I really hope it it, it lifts the game up. I really do. Because mm. this is Arcane and we love Arcane and it's so strange to be talking about Arcane in such a negative way. Um yeah. but you know Redfall at launch just was not it. And there's no real way of getting around that. And hopefully, was,
1: hopefully what's next is some content. That can zhuzh it up. Give it the. Um, I don't. I don't want to. You know, make it a, a case for all games to do this, but kind of how like Cyberpunk turned out, like just that that win of Phantom Liberty coming out and then being a two game and being improved in so many ways. Like that's that's the um, that's the goal for games like this: is that they just have a turnaround with the the style of content that they make for the game that just brings players in, and it's a good game. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite
0: one on here, I think, is the improved visual fidelity for the psychic space butterflies.
1: <laughs> Without context, I have no idea what
0: that is. <laughs> well, is there on Game Pass ready to play whenever you want it, Rush?
1: All the space butterflies. that's that what you say? Space butterflies. Uh, yeah. The psychic space butterflies. Psychic. That sounds like a really cool like prog rock band. It does, yeah.
0: We are the psychic space butterflies. One, two, three, four.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. I've Googled it and it's just standard images of Redfall. Oh, well. I'll find out when it comes to, if it ever comes to another place that's not Xbox and PC.
0: Who knows? One day, maybe. So that's Redfall. If you're a fan of Redfall, then uh, fill your boots. And good luck to you. Because, uh, yeah, they have done some work on it. They haven't completely forgotten it. So, nice work. Nice work. And finally, man, we're going to be done in very, very soon, Josh. I just wanted to stress that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's actually been quite a quiet news week. But today, a few things have certainly dropped, such as the PS5 Slim has been confirmed seemingly out of nowhere. Um, Sony have officially announced a new, smaller PS5 model and attachable disk drive. It will launch in November in the US and will replace the current model. Sony have officially announced a new, smaller PS5 model, which will be available in standard and digital editions. According to Sony, the new PS5 console has been reduced in volume by more than 30% and in weight by 18% and 24% respectively compared to the current model. Launching this November in the US the following, in the following months around the world, The mini model will come with one terabyte storage for both editions. The PS5 will launch at 480 pounds with the Ultra HD Blu-ray disk drive. The digital edition will be 389 pounds. Now, the PS5 digital edition will also come with the ability to add a disk drive to it if you want to. That disk drive will be 100 pounds to add on top. So, you're only saving £10 if you buy a PS5 with a Blu ray disk drive. <laughs> um, Something that is odd is um, our PS5s all came with that vertical stand so we could stand our PS5s up nicely in that kind of vertical way. And um, they're not doing that this time. They're just like, nah, fuck it. Uh, vertical stand is now compatible with all PS5 models and will be sold separately for $30 or £25.
1: is. <laughs> Josh, how do you feel? Um, I feel like they missed a the trick here with the bundles of uh Spider Man that are coming out in just over a week. Um oh, yeah. I mean, that's not to say that they won't do it for Christmas bundles, but you know uh, a nice shiny PS5 Slim that's got the um the Spider Man disc disc plates and uh the, the brand new game would be would have been you know, I'm here every day of the week, Sony, if you want me for business advice, I can, <laughs> I can fill you in. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the news of the add-on being $30, and uh, there's also more that came out. There must have been like a conference call where all of this was being announced. Um, uh, the In Japan, the peripherals on PS5 are just going up as standard now, like controllers, remotes, everything is just going up in price in general. Um, so whether that hits western market who knows but yeah it's it's a strange time like it's nice that you can have a disk drive um added with the digital but why would you if you could just get the the um the standard playstation 5 yeah um and i'm I'm guessing this they've not mentioned if the standard disk drive works with um say your ps5 digital version um would you it assume would, that us it, it would appear it doesn't um which because is another need, weird another weird because
0: option. yeah, I think the disc plate's on the new ones there's now four of them instead of two, okay, um, and so that bottom right one where the disk drive would be yeah. acts as the faceplate. so there's nowhere for right. the plate to go on my on my digital p s five if you so they've just
1: aged out. But yeah, they've just aged out the digital version, all right, Already, after three years. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very and strange. I was, I was saying the other day,
0: I'd like to get a disc drive for my PS Five, and I like, and I remember hearing rumours about this. I'm thinking, okay, mm. that'd be cool. Down down the line, I can just get a disc drive that I can attach to like the USB, possibly, and just go from there. That's fine.
1: Yeah, no, play movies that, and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, but that's not what they're doing. Um. So that is unfortunate.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm guessing they're just going to try and make the 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 original versions obsolete by kind of as soon as the the original versions go kind of out of stock, then the Slims are kind of the de facto new product, um, which is okay. Um, it it sounds like it's a bit more money than what we bought, for, or well, what I paid for with my PlayStation. I think mine was yeah. 450.
0: Um, Yeah, mine was 350.
1: Yeah, so there it's gone up another 30 quid as well, Um, or another 30 dollars for this version. So, yeah, yeah. Wider context. (laughs) Wider context. This is an awful time to announce this. I think Um, with kind of the state of. The game industry, in terms of the people at the lower levels are kind of suffering, and they're here just just to tell us, well, there's more, and it's more expensive now, and we've got add-ons which are more expensive and a vertical stand that's more expensive and separate um, Happy gaming this is probably the biggest gear in gaming in terms of profit ever,
0: yeah yeah um I guess i'm I'm kind of grateful for the fact that there's no real updates to this thing. Um, in terms of power, yeah because that, that would make our consoles obsolete, very good for right? sure yeah yeah um it's not a pro or any kind like of that, it's just a
1: smaller version of what we have, yeah, uh nothing more, nothing less, yeah, normally, what happens with the cycle is the parts that are from the original versions of the PlayStation have become cheaper, so they can use like a not like an updated version of the of the hardware. That does the same but it costs a bit less sort of thing so then they can and then usually a little bit smaller because technology is always going so I guess for them that the time was now that they could make more efficient playstations um and make them a bit smaller because it was a practical reason for the size and the shape of the playstation was to keep the airflow and the cooling systems as as of when but um I mean, even though that coolant system's already changed from the PlayStations that launched to the ones that you would say by l- last year or this year, um, yeah. apparently they do get a little bit hotter than the original PlayStations. So, yeah, it's a give and take, I guess. What do you make of the uh, design? Um, if that whole line across the console lights up, it might be a little bit cool um other than that it's more or less the same it might fit in my um tv unit (laughs) as as opposed to it i mean it it, the original one does fit barely but i had to rejig and move things around so it did and had enough air circulation because that gets hot um but yeah um could it have been smaller I would have liked it a, bit, a little bit smaller. Mm. Um, but 30% less is still better than the size that it is now.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's a lot going on in there, but these the ones we have are bloody massive, aren't they?
1: <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. It's the chunkiest console out there, I think.
0: Mm. It's just, I remember uh, opening it for the first time and having my hands on it like, Jesus, you are a bloody big bastard, aren't you? Jesus, But, um, you know, it works. It works as a... I think the digital edition is still visually um, the better console. Um, yes, but it's more sleek. That might just be my eyes, but I still don't like the pregnant disc drive. It just irritates me.
1: <laughs> I feel like they could have put it somewhere else.
0: No, but, yeah, uh, I feel
1: that. It's more symmetrical to have in the digital version. More aesthetic. Yeah.
0: For sure. But then, you know, you can take off that that bottom right faceplate and replace it now with a disc drive so you know no matter to talk if you really want to spend £100 on top of your digital edition as well or spend
1: £90 and get the actual one itself I mean who knows yeah do you think this means um, the original ones to have a bit of a price decrease for a time being or I don't think so I don't no. know no
0: no, I They're think, probably hoping
1: for Christmas, aren't they, for to people to buy bundles that maybe a bit cheaper, and that'll get the yeah. the stock gone.
0: Yeah, I think that's what we were saying about the um, the system power. They're exactly the same, so you know why why put the price down? You're not losing anything, are you really? Except for a bit of space. Yeah, um, you're saving thirty percent of space. Really, <laughs> that seems to be pretty much it. Um, I think it will. I mean, eventually, our our systems will no longer be around, and they'll be removed, much like the PS4 uh, Slim was. Yeah. They just took over, and uh, that and that was that. Um, I guess the question is, are you going to get one?
1: Nah, nah. Not, not unless my one breaks. Um, I don't think so. Uh, but it seems like I mean, there's not been any like news headlines or mass reports of it, but seems like like this console generation in general has not got, say, the Red Ring of Death or the Yellow Light of Death or anything like that. So mm-hmm. systems these days are made way better, which is probably why they're bumping up the price because they're like, no one's buying more because we, we made them to not break. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. Well, how, how stupid are we? <laughs> I think I was on my fifth Xbox 360 at this point.
0: That's my In that generation. Yeah. And I ended up, I think, when I last calculation, I had eleven Xbox 360s. I think total. Um, a couple too... of them, a couple of them, I bought myself because I wanted to replace them. I bought, um, yeah, the like the Star Wars one and the Halo Four one. Um, but yeah, most of them were red rings or just getting rid of them. Or, but yeah, it Ouch. was too many. But I've had. I've had one PS5 since launch day, and it has been it's been solid to the rock. So yeah, I
1: agree.
0: Can't complain about it at all. So yeah, I think I'm in I, I think I'm in the same boat. If this one does, I said that now was going to fucking die tomorrow. Um, <laughs> it's you know, if that does happen, then I will look into this. But I'm in no rush. It's a lot of money. Uh, this time of year for something for yourself, so you got to really weigh it up. And there's yeah, uh, yeah. there's no think rush. this
1: is um Do you think this is them getting ahead of what Xbox leak happened that we spoke about last week?
0: No, I'm not sure because that, that, um, that, that series X, that, that cylindrical one, that mm. wasn't due for announcement for at least another year.
1: Oh, really? Oh, really? yeah.
0: So I think, I think Xbox were holding on to that pretty tightly,
1: um, yeah
0: and so i don't know i don't know where this has come from like i said Mm. it is a weird time it is a weird time just before your massive triple a's and this isn't even going to be out before then you know it's only got a november release date in the u.s we don't know when it's coming here
1: december i would assume um yeah potentially
0: and so it's um yeah it is a it is a strange one and they've just announced those new panels those those new color panels for the for the original PS5s,
1: yeah, really. I, 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 of course, yeah. We're talking about the design with the light going through. Like, how is that going to work with disc plates that are for the original?
0: Well, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> and looking at looking at the video, um, it doesn't look like the light goes through those. Okay, it's just a line. <laughs> it's just a line that differentiates the the plates, I guess.
1: Maddening, maddening. Oh,
0: guys, we just want LED lights all over shit. All right, how hard is this, Sony? Come on,
1: that would be sick. Yeah.
0: So there we are. That's the brand new PS Five uh, coming November in the US, and who knows when in the UK. Um, but yeah, very interesting times. Um, I don't know. I really think that cylindrical Series X is awesome. I don't know if it's just me, but I'm somewhat tempted to get an Xbox. It looks like Alexa.
1: <laughs> it kind of looks like uh, you know, like the whiskey bottles that you get when they're gift wrapped. Yeah, cylindrical. Like it looks kind of like one of those. You just have it on your window amongst all the other empty bottles of alcohol that you've got.
0: I think it would look quite nice on a next to a TV compared to the um the tower. Yeah, but uh, I agree. I so hope they stick with that design. Fingers crossed. All right then. Um, well, that's it for news. So, bye everyone. No, wait. We got. Uh, I was going to jump into a a topic about Mirage and about triple A experiences.
1: I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that at all. Um. Well, we kind of briefly touched upon it because you mentioned Miles Morales. Um, yeah. And, uh, whilst I have no skin in the game for Mirage because I've not played any of it. Um, just you comparing it to Miles Morales, it was like, ooh, yeah, something more streamlined, something smaller. Um, And for the industry, uh, making AAA games, like we had headlines last month about the development cycle for AAA games now being five to almost 10 years, which is a crazy amount of time, which means a lot more money invested in it Uh, for everyone involved. Um, And then the returns may not be as good in the end because of some sort of reason that is nothing to do with the developers. It's just fans or players just didn't like the game. Um, So it feels like we're leaning towards kind of either safer bets for AAA games that become more standardised and boring by the end. Or we do have this approach, like Mirage has had, and Miles Morales has had, that they are shorter dev cycles, they are shorter games, but we could get a bit more, you know, a bit more weird with them. We can go places could, because the time and the money isn't as verbose as, say, God of War Ragnarok or something like that that had like a a long de- de- development cycle. Or like, yeah. I mean. <clears throat> Baldur's Gate did probably the best thing that any development company could do, Um, uh, Larian Games, where they had it in early access for years and then when they were ready, they released the full title and they've reaped the rewards for doing so because it's one of the biggest, most in-depth, most revered RPG in a very long time and it's just because they took the time they listened to player feedback and they released a the full title that everyone could appreciate. Um, <laughs> except uh, for cat. <laughs> except for cat, but <laughs> cat aside. Um, yeah, there's some, it's a, it's, it's lightning at a bottle that Larry and studio have done as well as they've done. I think the good word of mouth just propelled it into something even more than it ever was going to be anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is there, like if we're talking about in terms of like time, they developed it without being playable, and time where it's fully released. We are looking in that shorter range where, say, Mars Morales was developed in like a year and a half, two years, two two and a half years, kind of like how Baldur's Gate three was when it came to early access, um, and that iterative process of the early access developing it, that kind of. Then we got a massive game that became profitable and revered. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's one or the other. I think you can go both ways, and we're seeing the kind of evidence of it this year. Um, but kind of, is there anything else that you think that's kind of would benefit from a from a twelve hour to a, a full blown fifty hour or something?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it, it really depends on what you're after in a game. I don't think people would have accepted a 12-hour Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think that would have been, you know, pleasing to um, the gamers out there. Um, but I'm so, like I said earlier, I'm so pleased with Mirage and so pleased with how it's turned out. And, you know, I really loved Morales as well. And I've played through that game three or four times. And it's only because I can do it in, you know, I think I've got Morales down to about eight hours at, um, at like last playthrough. And... It was um, it was just a delight, and I think this time of year, that's exactly what we need. Um, I don't think Spider-Man 2 is going to be that big. I mean, there's people are saying, what, 15 hours, 16 hours? I think I've read somewhere. Yeah.
1: And I think and 35 to 40 for 100%. Yeah, that's perfect. You
0: know, yeah. I mean, Ratchet was 10 or 12 hours. Um, Rift apart, yeah. and that was superb. You know, um, I I'm trying to compare it to how I feel about Starfield, and I've put I put over 70 hours into Starfield and I never want to see that game again. You know, I got so... It was it became so lethargic. And once you get into the new game plus, yes, there is a very interesting twist on the new game plus, but it gets samey very quickly. And I haven't completed it again. I kind of got about halfway through it. I said, I'm not enjoying this anymore. And kind of left it as is there's a, there's still so much like that that i haven't seen but i just i can't motivate myself to go and see it and it's purely one It's because of the nature of what we do you know we jump from game to game to game to game to game because we have to and that's just kind of like how we do it you know we just move on as quickly as we can um unless there's something that we thoroughly enjoy you know i'm not like miles and tom i can't blast through a game in like two days and have a complete, you know. It's um, it's truly astonishing the kind of power that they have, <laughs> and they can actually pull off stuff like that. It's amazing to me. Um, so, you know, but yeah, I will play. I'll be. I'm not rushing Mirage, you know, but at the same time, I know that it isn't going to take up a huge amount of my time, and I'm thoroughly okay with that. I mean, I'm looking forward to Sonic Superstars at the end of the month. Say the end of the month is actually this time next week. Fucking hell, very exciting. Um. You know, so there's there's just there's just like you said, there is an argument for both for sure. It depends what you want from a game, you know, it depends I don't know, like rebirth is not gonna be fifteen hours, and no. i'm I'm aware of this, and I'm bloody excited for it. I can't wait. um, I'm so hyped for that game, and I'm excited to delve deep into it, but you know, would I play a a twelve hour trunk created version of Final Fantasy Seven? Sure. Why not? <laughs> it's just like one that's like crammed in like a TV series. Um, I would, you know, I would totally play that. I think the hardcore among you probably won't, but I would. Um, and so you know, um, I'm, I'm kind of of the group where I want to see stuff like Arkham. You know, I'd love to see a 15-hour Arkham game, like Arkham Origins again. I want to see things like that. You know, Arkham Origins and um, Mars Morales and the Mirage are great examples that. You can create games that look and feel and sound and act and play like a full A experience, but it doesn't have to take over your entire life the way that Cyberpunk does, the way that Starfield does, the way that Baldur's Gate does. And that's not to, that's not to shit on those games, because they're all superb in their own way. Um, it's just, it's, it's all uh, it depends what you're after. I think that's the conclusion that we've both sort of come to. Um, but I think that it would be nice to see developers experiment a little more with a Miles Morales type game for their for their IPs. Um, You know, maybe a smaller experience for Control would have been really interesting, I think. Or something like, you know, maybe, you know, an an Alan Wake prequel that's only 12 or 15 hours long. You know, I'd be well up for stuff like that. That would be really cool. So there's, you know, I think there's elements in it. I think it obviously depends on money and time. Ubisoft and and something like, of course, have the money and the time to do these things. Um, But, you know, I've heard rumors that Santa Monica are working on a God of War kind of like 10 to 15 hour experience. I don't know how true that is. Um, there's just kind of rumors going around it's going to be focused on Atreus. Um, I don't know much more about it other than that. Um, but things like that it would be great because that'll round out a certain storyline or something that you know the fans would really enjoy and it's something that's quite small. And now we have a Spider-Man game where it's combining both of the Spider-Man and two games, meld it into one, and we've got a much bigger and more exciting experience. And that's great, you know? But I think that, yeah, I'm kind of on both sides. I kind of have a feet in both camps, really. Um, it's very dependent on what the game is. Um, yeah, a rebirth of Cyberpunk wouldn't work in that short allocated time, but I think there are plenty out there that could, and they just need the developers to maybe give it a shot and see what they can come up with when they have those that that limited time to create something that's
1: just as meaningful and just as exciting for the player. And they've they've sold them for cheaper as well, like historically. Yeah, exactly. Like Mar- Mirage is cheaper. Mars Morales was cheaper, and I forgot. But as you were talking, I remembered. Uncharted Lost Legacy was the DLC that became its kind of own small, smaller sized game. Yeah, um, which was a- again another cheaper game. And these are just cool experiences that we can um, we can play at a cheaper cost. And I think that's that's what it is for players. It's like how much. How much money do I have to spend for an experience? Some people really base their money's worth on how many hours they spend as opposed to how many good hours I spent playing a game. Like I could I'm not too adverse for paying a bit extra for a game that's so bespoke that every moment was a banger, as opposed to a game that of the same price where I spent triple as long that those moments were far and few between of each other. Um, So, yeah, it it would just bring a more concise product at a lower cost. And I think for players, that's what you want, especially for us when we're going from game to game. Um, We could do with just a game that we could finish over a weekend or something like that, say that we finished it, have that good feeling that, oh, we can talk about this to someone that has also played it because it wasn't mm. that long of a game and i think that's why i kind of um i lean towards indie games because they are of the short scale of time I don't have to invest so much time in them so to go for that approach i'm all for it yep yeah, me too me too
0: but not just just not with uh seven remake maybe that was long and big as possible thank you very much <laughs> i want four discs for the third one square Enix all right Make it happen.
1: <laughs> is its is it two or three discs this time? Two. Two. Yeah, that's mad for a PS5 game. Considering the storage of a Blu-ray disc.
0: <laughs> yeah, we mostly wonder how big the digital version is going to be.
1: Oh, it's just going to consume the console, surely. <laughs> I'll
0: just have a Final Fantasy VII remake
1: console. That's fine by me. I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, there you go. They're bringing a new one out right now. Seems there we go. Perfect. Final Fantasy Machine.
0: It all works out in the end, doesn't it? See, mm-hmm. um, all right, then let's get to recommendations an hour into the podcast. This is where we find something that we say, Hey, you check this out. This is pretty cool. That we've seen throughout the week, I want to share with you whether it be a game, movie, a TV show, a book, a Hoover, or a slim PS5. Who knows what? What could it be next? Um, Josh, would you like to share your recommendation this week?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so this will be out on finger guns as a full review. Um, very shortly. Uh, <laughs> it's a game called Bilkins Folly. Um,
0: Bilkins Folly.
1: Yeah, I played it last week and didn't finish it. Um, hear me out on why. Uh, this is like a pirate adventure game where there's no combat or anything. It's all just a straight up puzzler where you are, you play as Percival Bilkins, who is a treasure hunter that's on the hunt for his parents as long alongside this kind of sought after treasure that his parents are also been after. Um, And it's all about the kind of family mystery and this treasure behind it. Um, But in the meantime, you're kind of going through islands, uh, digging up treasures and finding trinkets and meeting all the locals. Um, And yeah, I, I had a decent time with it. Uh, It's, I said it in the review, it's it's very much like a Game Boy era game where it kind of gives you the tools, enough tools that you can proceed, but it's all based on kind of your own intuition and your own knowledge. So, for instance, there's a lot of logic-based puzzles um, and you'll get clues and you can, at, at some way through the game, you can unlock tools that uh, pertain to the map. And you can draw on your map. You can add icons to your map. You've got a ruler that you can be really specific with the angles and the directions um, to kind of, like, correlate where this bit of treasure on the map's going to be through the clue that you get. Um, And this is... The game is rife with these puzzles in terms of, like, different little things that you've got to solve on your own time, whether it's, like... um, uh just a simple it's here but where is it so that kind of takes takes you back to kind of your knowledge of walking through the map and remembering certain aspects of it and uh poignant moment poignant things that are on the map like a rock or a, a, str- a strange like shit uh, ship that's broken as like a mental note like oh yeah i remember it was there or uh word things where there's a full sentence displayed on, on, a, on a, a plate. The only clue is arrowed letters have vowels, basically. So you start with the vowels and you, you start breaking it down. You start finding words in the sentence until you get the full sentence. It hurt my brain so much <laughs> going through these going through these puzzles. And I was playing on normal mode. There is a hardcore mode where the clues are even more vague. Um so hats off to anyone that's gonna that could do that. Cause my God, this is such like a cool old school puzzle game that really makes you think and it like like I said earlier, it gives you just enough tools to figure it out yourself, but you will not do it. I mean, yes, it's it was very early into the release. So I was trying to Google some things, nothing was available because it's a small indie title from single developer Webisoft so there's not a lot online so I did have to force myself and use my brain power and I I, I got stuck and I am stuck and um I yeah I'm, I might be waiting for someone to find the answer for me for this one puzzle but <laughs> you know the rest who says to the rest of the game that I'm going to do it all by myself because I'll definitely try um yeah I just love the atmosphere love the vibes it's really happy-go-lucky reminded me of like the old school Lucas art films games the kind of the treasure islands and uh, monkey island sorry um the grim Fandangos and stuff like that um yeah it's got that type of humor it's very witty um there's really there's loads of small little mechanics that kind of build up to having an abundance of mechanics that are very simple but all together it feels like a holistic game um and yeah i yeah it's, it's a good game uh it's a hard game, but if you're into your puzzle games, then yeah, you'll for sure love this because it's it's all it's about.
0: That's awesome. I want to give a shout out to um, Chris Patrick, who's the PR for Birkin's Folly. Um, if you follow him on Twitter, that's basically all he tweets about is this game. He absolutely adores it. Um, and so much so that you know he adores it and he's not just trying to plug it. He generally loves this game. And um, I know he listens to the podcast, so if you can help us out with that puzzle... Give me a shout and I'll pass it on to Josh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. DM me be like, where are you at? And uh you'll realize where I'm at. And you're like, you're not that far. And I was like, yeah, I'm far enough, please. <laughs> Stop <laughs> um, judging
0: yeah.
1: me. Yeah, I was looking at like the trophy percentages and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, so I have I am quite a sizable trunk compared to other players. Like I've got kind of .12% trophies and stuff like that. So, you know, I've been doing stuff that a lot of other people haven't done yet. But yeah, my goodness. Yeah, that he's he's not wrong. There's a lot to love about this if it's your style of game for sure. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's um I stuck a um
0: a little Bukins folly Easter egg on the featured image for last week's episode. So, I thought we were going to talk about it during our most wanted uh for October, but nobody mentioned it. <laughs> so it's just there. I think I, think I a... didn't
1: because I knew I was going to, um, either like well I had this week because um, sure. I had more time to play it and I've reviewed it now. So I, I wanted to kind of be able to have full full impressions before I before I mentioned it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. It's just it as funny as like, right? We'll definitely talk about that. We'll definitely talk about Sonic and Mario and Spidey. Bilkins folly. Let's just throw it in there. Hopefully George will bring it up. He didn't, but it's okay because now. It just, got, it just got its own section in the, in the episode, so Chris will be yeah, delighted with so that. Uh, what's my recommendation? I haven't thought about it. I guess I've spent most of this week watching Lucifer. Um, okay. The, yeah, from the very beginning, the, the American TV show starring Tom Ellis. Um, I've always seen clips of it on TikTok, and I'm like, huh, this looks quite entertaining, actually. I think it might be a, quite a fun watch. And it's fine. I wasn't expecting it to be a, a procedural cop show. Because like every show in America happened, just has to be a procedural cop show at some point for some reason. But this, um, yeah, obviously he plays Lucifer. Um, he was uh, torn from heaven. His, ripped, his wings were ripped off and sent to run hell. But instead of going to hell, he went to LA for a vacation and stayed there for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's just about him getting mixed up with a uh, with a cop and they end up going around solving crimes together. And it's 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 fun. It's fun. I'm not going to say it's accident because it's not. But so far, I'm having a good time. And if you're looking for something light and breezy to watch on Netflix, you could do a lot worse than watching Lucifer. Because I think it's five seasons. Um, I'm way behind. I'm sure people are listening to this going, yeah, I watched that years ago, mate. It's over. Uh, but I was um... there
1: when I petitioned it to be on Netflix. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, it was um, yeah. But I'm just I'm just catching up with it, and uh, I'm having a good time. It's my uh, on in the background show while I get other stuff done right now. Um, which is exactly what I needed. Um, so yeah, Bit of Lucifer. Why not? You know, go watch it <laughs> if you haven't done so already. Ten years ago, like everyone else did. <laughs> um, I did watch the Beckham documentary. Actually, thinking about it, oh my god! Yeah, I love
1: this man. I've seen some clips of that. <laughs> I mean, it's mainly just... where uh, Victoria Beckham was saying she was working class, and then David Beckham's like, "No, no, <laughs> yeah, working
0: class with a Rolls Royce." Um, yeah, it's um, it's extraordinary. It's an amazing documentary. It's a four-part series. Each part is a just over an hour long, and uh, it's an amazing insight into into his career. I think even if you're not a Man United fan, I think everyone at one point in their life has been a david beckham fan being like a fan of england or something and to watch kind of his his life story through his eyes and a lot of stuff that he's never really talked about before like um the incident against argentina or um the alleged affair that he was supposed to have had or didn't have um it's just it's he's a really complex dude and i think that's something that people don't get really from beckham um they see that he's just a very kind of like simple straightforward being but um, it's kind of amazing that the, the uh, decisions that he had to make over his career and how he was very much on his own through a lot of them. And um, oh, it's just superb. So I think even if you're not a football fan, you're just a fan of just great stories. I think uh, Beckham was a really interesting documentary to watch because it shows a man going to the highest of heights, the lowest of lows, the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, the highest of highs again. You know, a man who can pick himself up over and over again and become you know, a true legend in the sport that he loved is just a, it's a fascinating documentary. It's very similar to, I got kind of a Michael Jordan vibes. Did you watch the Michael Jordan documentary? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking incredible. And, um, I didn't know really anything about Michael Jordan or about basketball. Um, but it's, it's an amazing story. And I think Beckham as a documentary is very similar to that. I think it's, um, it's triumphant in ways that, you know, you can't remember. I mean, I, I am a Man United fan and I was when I was a kid. And when I was 11 years old, Beckham was my hero and he was an absolute legend to me. Um, when Man United were at their peak, they've since dwindled, but you know, we're not going to talk about that. Back then, it was a uh, back then, it was a it was an absolutely wondrous thing watching Man United every weekend. So it's well worth the watch. Uh, four uh, four episodes on Netflix. Um, yeah, legend, good old David Beckham. Um, yeah, am I right?
1: In thinking that. Back in the day, he was like the first, like he was like one of the the if not the youngest player to be signed to a Premier League team at the time, or is that me misremembering the history? I
0: mean, he signed when he was fourteen. Um, but at the same time, you know, he came up with a class of ninety two, which was those like Gary Neville, Phil Neville, Paul Scholes, Ryan mm-hmm. Giggs. You know, they all sort of came up together. So yeah. I don't, I don't know who was signed first, but um, he was certainly one of them. Anyway, if not the. And uh, yeah, his uh, it tells a lot of story about his tumultuous relationship with Alex Ferguson. And yeah, oh, it's fantastic. I could watch it again, actually. I might do soon. It's great. Um, all right, then. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry to say it's been an hour long, but you know, it's amazing what we can get done when there's no quizzes isn't there? We can just zoom through this thing. Not oh, my goodness me. Um, Thank you very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all the places. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at FNGRGNS. All of our handles are in the description below, except for Miles, of course, He's smart, and not on Twitter, slash X, um, if you really like what we do. Why not follow our Patreon for $1 a month? You can keep this podcast live on its various podcast hosting services, and keep the website nice and shiny, like my man Yannick did this week. Thank you very much indeed. But your patronage is hugely appreciated, and um, we hope to entertain you as much as we possibly can um, for that money. So, thank you very, very much indeed. Uh, but that's it, Josh. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank you very much indeed for your time.
1: Well, thank you. It's been uh, you know it's been different, but I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it.
0: Good. It's um, it's often I mean you get a chance to just sort of one on one and talk about stuff. So, uh,
1: it's uh, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, lovely. And... Well, thank you for having me. And goodbye, everyone.
0: And uh, it's goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. Josh, have a wonderful time at EGX. Thank you. Um, look out for some EGX uh, podcasts, hopefully as well. Um, that these these guys are planning um, over the next over the weekend. Hopefully, if it all works out, and we'll uh, we'll get them to you on the normal podcast feed. Talk about every game that they played, every game that they've seen, and uh, yeah, don't worry, we will get some Sam Lake selfies up on our Twitter as well. It'll be very exciting. Uh, but until, until then it is goodbye from me and Josh and we'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast